RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And as always, welcome back to a special edition of Red Pill News Live. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. I see Tam for Trump. This is the first time you're catching a live show. Thank you so much for being here. This is a good one to catch because I am going to be in some esteemed company tonight. For those of you who have been with us for these previous guests before, then you should be in for a treat. My friends at Get the Machines Out are going to be joining us. Lori Gallagher, Dr. Doherty, and Dr. Doug Frank. We'll talk about each of them individually in a moment. We'll get introductions after the break. But if you wouldn't mind, please consider liking and sharing the program. We're going to be talking about citizen efforts to get rid of voting machines, not only in Texas, but all across America, because it has to happen. We cannot trust or put faith in our election system if they are fundamentally unauditable. If we can't check them, we can't examine them, we have no idea what the hell's going on inside of them. So please hit the like button, hit the red pill. Help us out by sharing the program out there on your social media, whether it's Truth, Twitter, Getter, Gab, Telegram, Facebook. Just help us out. Appreciate you. Without further ado, please sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. If you're thinking about heading to Binance, or you already have an account there, or maybe you're going to open a crypto account at some other large global exchange, I want you to stop and instead head on over to MyDigitalMoney.com. Now, why is that? Well, because last month it was revealed that Binance has been co-mingling customer funds, at least in 2020 and 2021. This is a clear breach of U.S. financial rules that require that customer money be kept separate from company revenue. Now, Binance has actually denied mixing these funds, but the SEC has another thought in mind. Now, if this sounds familiar, it's because this is the same exact situation that FTX was in that led to its epic downfall, taking $8.9 billion in customer funds with it. And this is why my digital money keeps your assets with a qualified custodian under your name. When you invest with my digital money, your funds are completely secure. It will never be commingled with company funds. And in fact, no no matter what happens to my digital money, your funds will always be safe. Because you see, my digital money complies with regulations, regulations that are designed to protect you and your funds. So if you want to invest in cryptocurrency, invest with my digital money. Head on over to mydigitalmoney.com by clicking the link in the description box below, or you can give them a call at 833-636-2008. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. 
All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And please welcome back to the show, Lori Gallagher and Dr. Walter Doherty. My friends, how are you this evening? Doing well. Thank you. Very well. Thank you. Awesome. So, Lori, you are a a Patriot citizen auditor and, of course, a a Texas resident. You're out there trying to make sure that uh, Texans and Americans have a fair fight in our elections. Obviously, it is a worthwhile effort, and I applaud you. Dr. Doherty, you are a computer consultant. Uh, You are extremely knowledgeable about the issues surrounding voting machines. And let me just say, If you happen to go searching for Dr. Walter Doherty on Twitter, you are going to find no shortage of uh, really notable people who give major props to you and to your work and the things that you have been able to draw attention to. So thank you very much, both of you, for being here. Uh, Dr. Doug Frank may be joining us here in a little bit. He's actually speaking at an event right now, so I believe he is in between speaking gigs. But Lori, uh, please, uh, thanks again for being here, and uh, we're here tonight to talk about a couple of things, but you have another event with Mike Lindell that's coming up in the near future. Where's that going to be? That was the location that we met each other, Zach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am looking forward to seeing you again uh, there. That's going to be uh, August 16th and 17th in Springfield, Missouri. It is a private invite-only event. Uh, what your viewers may not understand is that behind the scenes, Mike brings in citizen auditors from across the nation uh, to, while y'all are seeing what's presented on the screen behind the scenes, uh, there are citizen auditors that are dedicated to performing public information act requests and getting their records and making sure that these electronic voting systems uh, results are reconciling. And so uh, it was probably one of the most um, important events of my life. I went and I, Dr. D was there last year in August and I was actually on the stage and, uh, what a, what a blessing it is to have, uh, him there. And this year it's going to be even better. It's an annual event, uh, bringing all the citizen auditors across the nation that are, that are working to get the machines out behind the scenes. Uh, and so y'all don't get to see that part, uh, of the event, but I'm looking forward to this year and I'm looking forward to you, Zach, uh, because you reported some of the top uh, citizen auditor experiences from that stage. So I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Yeah, I had a great time and I met so many incredible people. You know, it's kind of interesting to see how the sausage is made, you know, working in front of the camera, delivering news and stories to people. It's like you don't always find out about something until after it's already transpired or after there's been like, you know, some grand culmination of uh, all of these efforts. And so to be able to, to be in that room with just hundreds of people who are actively working on these things every single day, it was inspiring. It was great to see. <clears throat> now, Dr. Doherty, since the last time we spoke, I believe that uh, you've been called as an expert witness to testify in a number of cases, certainly in uh, in Arizona recently, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Uh, over the last two years, I've been an expert witness in about 10 cases uh, across the country. Several of them have been dismissed. Uh, some of those are on appeal. Some of them are coming up. So the next trial that is queued up is going to be in South Carolina, either in July or August, where a citizen auditor requested the cast vote records and the state board of elections said, well, we don't know what a cast vote record is. (laughs) 
And I said, well, that's interesting because you verified to the federal government that you complied with the Help America Vote Act of 2002, which appointed and created the Election Assistance Commission, the EAC, which certifies labs for testing equipment and also designated the National Institute of Science and Technology to create standards. And on page three, at the very beginning of the NIST standard, it says a cast vote record is, quote, an electronic record of a voter's selections, end quote. So how can you both comply with federal standards and not have any idea what they mean? And there, um, shall we say, excuses have gone downhill from there in quality. <laughs> so, so, Dr. D, w- when you hand someone their metaphorical ass in that way, what is their response? I mean, quite obviously, they should know exactly what you're talking about. And as you so succinctly put, I mean, those two points of view are in direct conflict with each other. There is no way they can they can certify to this information if they also cannot define what it is. Are they just not able to define it when asked about it by you? I mean, are they playing stupid? It certainly appears that way. So (laughs) I had a three and a half hour deposition recently in this case uh, by fortunately by Zoom. So I didn't have to to uh, fly out there yet just yet. And the typical segment of the deposition was, Dr. Doherty, have you read the attorney general's opinion dated so and so? And I say, yes. Do you have a copy in front of you? Yes. Have you read paragraph two? Yes. Are you aware that paragraph two says that if ballots have numbered stubs, which are detached, it might divulge personally identifiable information? Yes. Mm -hmm. South Carolina ballots today don't have stubs. That case was from 100 years ago. (laughs) And so then they go on. Have you read page three? And so they read another irrelevant, inapplicable case to say why the record should be withheld. So just to remind your viewers, Public Records Act's sometimes called FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, or Sunshine Law, or something like that. Um, The intention is that the public be able to see how our public servants are performing. Mm -hmm. But there are legitimate exceptions. So, for example, one exception is the home address of a judge or a law enforcement officer. Understandably so. so. That is understandable. Another one is photographs of a crime scene that is under investigation mm-hmm. so those will that it that may or may not eventually be a public record but it's being withheld because it's under an active investigation but cast vote records once the ballot is cast in fact it's even in the constitution in south carolina it says ballots shall be cast in secret and counted in public mm-hmm. so once you drop it in the box you have no connection to find out who the voter was, but they claim to be extremely concerned that someone might deduce which ballot belonged to which voter. And 
I can address that in more detail, but I'll just say for now, uh, it's it's not a legitimate objection. So has any of what you've just been mentioning there, has that been adjudicated? Have, have uh, it, Are the cases still ongoing or have you made any headway in actually getting your hands on these cast vote records? Uh, yes, we have. So in Nevada County, California, the a citizen auditor requested the cast vote records, the tabulator logs and the audit logs and was denied all of those. And then... I submitted a couple of expert declaration, expert witness declarations, as did a couple of other people. And then the judge said, well, you have to release the cast vote records. So they finally did. But they said, we're not going to release the tabular logs or the audit logs because that might, you know, give something away and make open up our system to hacking or something like that. <laughs> and so um Another county in California released their tabulator logs and audit logs. So this this is very much a county by county decision as to what records relating to elections they're going to release. And Lori can tell you the story uh, about her county as well. So another county in California released their tabulator logs and audit logs. And so I appended that to my next declaration or affidavit as an exhibit and said, as you can see on line 313, this audit log shows that the machine was set to zero before the election. Mm -hmm. That's very important that the counts be set to zero before you start. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the audit log, you don't know whether or not it was set to zero. So it's points like that that persuaded the judge to order them to release the tabulator logs and the audit logs. And so they are now in the process of releasing them. So we've, we've got a, we've got a win there. Excellent. I'd like to, Zach, I'd like to tell you, um, uh, Dr. D is part of the Texas effort to get cast vote records across the state. He's had, he's requested them from his County uh, in Brazos, but also in Harris County and Williams County, uh, we we received the first cast vote record in the entire state. And that was by Bobby Bagwell in March of 2021, less than six months after the November 2020 election. Uh, citizen auditors, auditors received the cast vote record and it was sent to Mike Lindell's team, uh, which include, included Jeffrey O'Donnell and Dr. Daughtery and several others that analyze these cast vote records. And they look at the uh, ballot by mail, hand-marked paper ballot records, and then they look at the in-person uh, machine records, the ballots that are generated from the machines. And they are seeing a distinct difference in the pattern of votes cast uh, from the ballot by mail, hand-marked paper ballot method from the in-person machine-marked method. And so um, Dr. Daugherty is uh, the tip of the spear with Jeff O'Donnell and the other cast vote record uh, warriors uh, these men are able to analyze these electronic records in a way, a significant way. These are the guys that you call in as a attorney general. Dr. Daugherty and uh, Jeff O'Donnell would be the people that they could call in to review the source code. That's the expertise level of Dr. Daugherty. They could call him in and say, review the source code and tell us if you see anything that's not looking right. He, you could call him and he could look at that source code and tell you 
if there were any nefarious actors or actions happening. And so I think that we will eventually, if, if, the, if everybody's all in for the machines that they're willing to allow, I don't think that they're going to allow an expert to examine the source code because I think we all know uh, that there is undetected access and mm. manipulation and who knows who's the one accessing and manipulating uh, that's the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, but experts like Dr. D could could identify it. So, Lori, you you, you mentioned uh, attorney generals. Uh, I know that you guys had uh, been in contact with Ken Paxton. And since the last time we spoke, Ken Paxton has been impeached. I can't help but feel like what they've done to him is in some way a response to the efforts that he has been making to try to help people like you and uh, to bring justice to people all over Texas for a whole bunch of different things. What do you what do you think about this impeachment of Ken Paxton? Um, they are overturning the will of the voters. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken Paxton is in a statewide race. He is not affected by the Texas countywide polling program that the Secretary of State has implemented in less than half of the counties, mostly the larger counties, for convenience. Uh, Ken Paxton has stood by the citizens. We haven't had any warrior in the state elected by the people of Texas fighting harder for election integrity. Of course, they've got him. You know, they've got him. But he filed a lawsuit in 2020, and he's paying the consequences uh, for that. And I bet Dr. D has some... Uh, other thoughts on that, but if you uh, buck the machines, then you're going to have a large um, effort against you. And I think that because he did that, because he stood in 2020, because he's standing for the voters of Texas and saying that, hey, these are election records, you must release this to Texans, that we have uh, enemies going all in to remove uh, the only elected official that we've had working on the side of Texans. Yeah. Uh, Dr. D, do you have more uh, thoughts on uh, the Attorney General Paxton impeachment? Well, that's exactly right. And of course, everyone needs to remember that an impeachment just says that there is a reasonable degree of evidence for charges to proceed with a trial. So the right. impeachment is like an indictment. It doesn't it doesn't prove that someone is innocent or guilty. And you've all seen how, uh, well, there's no other way to describe it than kangaroo court-like. Certainly. The two impeachments of President Trump uh, occurred in the U.S. House of Representatives. In the case of Texas, and outside attorney who had formerly worked in the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland was brought in to collect a group of witnesses, take statements from them, not under oath, and write up a list of charges to be delivered in the last week of the legislative session. So So before you continue, what exactly are they claiming Ken Paxton did? Because, uh, you know, I haven't seen a ton of reporting on this. And uh, what I did see was hazy at best. uh, I don't have the list in front of me. But but the the Texas uh, statutes are very clear 
that a public officer may not be impeached for any action that occurred prior to taking office. Okay. So prior to becoming attorney general, he was involved in fundraising for a new company and was charged with being an unregistered securities dealer or something like that. Oh, okay. He has, has been dragging on for since 2015. So what is that? Eight years now. <laughs> wow. You would think that it would come to trial and the judge would either say yes or no, that that was legitimate. But even if he were to be convicted on being an un selling unlicensed selling securities without a license and raising money for a, a company that occurred prior to taking office. And so it couldn't be used as a grounds of impeachment. And the other charges are mostly of that nature. They are okay. of things that he did prior to taking office. And so they're, they're invalid on their face. You can't, you can't legally bring such a charge. Also, the federal constitution says guarantees you the right to face your accuser. Mm -hmm. So when they had these witnesses come in, they who had made statements, not under oath, he did, was not allowed to come in and hear them make their statements and offer any defense or rebuttal to them. Mm -hmm. So the, the whole thing just looks like from a, an outside perspective, it looks like a last ditch effort to take him off the board. Well, and this is not the first time they've tried to get rid of him before. I mean, I remember, I believe, I don't know if it was right before 2020 or right after 2020, but I remember there was some controversy at that time, too. It's clear that he hasn't been that popular among the uh, the elites of uh, of America. Well, you have to remember that. Uh, to, that successful lawyers tend to conform to the way things are being done right. in order for them to advance. So one case, I won't mention which state, it was widely known that that particular judge was hoping to get a promotion to a higher judgeship. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you could expect him to be reluctant to make any ruling or decision that would be controversial because that might jeopardize his career advancement opportunities. Right, his lofty but, ambitions. Uh, the other thing that uh, I guess you'd say rubbed the powers that be the wrong way was his famous remark uh, about what have you been doing since... I don't remember the year uh, uh, the uh, Obama administration. You know, what's a typical day like at the attorney general's office for you? And Ken Paxson says, well, I get to work about nine and I spend the day suing the government and then I go home <laughs> and I come back tomorrow and do the same thing. And so it doesn't matter if it's the EPA or uh, Medicare or Department of Homeland Security about not securing the border. Um, he's been right there at the front, and he's actually won most of those cases against the federal government. And so he is definitely a, a player to be reckoned with. And this is, uh, this is the latest in a, a long list of efforts to uh, 
do take him off the board. So do you think that uh, these current efforts are going to derail any uh, positive force he might have been in uh, helping to assist you guys and, and the rest of Texas and getting access to this information? Because, I, you know, I look at what happened with President Trump. It, the, the impeachments may not have stopped him dead in his tracks, but they certainly presented an obstacle for him to overcome. I mean, it was almost as if all of his attention and time were now focused on these bogus charges and uh, defending himself. Well, that is that would certainly apply as well. However, yeah. in Texas, once an officer is impeached, at least the attorney general office, he's immediately removed from office. So he's no longer the attorney general. So another attorney general has been appointed. Okay. Williamson um, County, that is my county. It is an attorney general from my county, Williamson, that has is an interim attorney general right now. And um, and John Scott, the former interim secretary of state, or he was appointed secretary of state. Now we have John Scott back. Right. Is that correct, Dr. D, that John Scott is the acting attorney general? That's correct. And so uh, if the trial, which is in the Senate, the Texas State Senate, which is scheduled for August, uh, if the trial results in a uh, a dismissal of the of the charges, then my understanding is that Ken Paxton would be reinstated as Attorney General. But uh, if if he is not, then uh, it would really be up to the. I guess the governor has the power to, obviously the governor has the power to appoint the interim since he, he appointed an acting attorney general, which was the deputy attorney general, then an interim attorney general now. So I don't really know the process, but the yeah. effect is likely to be, as I said, to, to take him out of the field. Now, the one thing that has happened, and this this is like the proverbial snowball coming down the mountain, getting bigger and bigger, is that his ruling last August that cast vote records were public records and had to be released started this snowball rolling, which ended up in this legislative session that just ended last month in a bill being passed and the governor signing it, House Bill 5180, that beginning September 1st, Cast vote records will have to be released the first day after the official canvas, which is 10 or 15 days after the election. And the um, other records related to the election will have to be released by 61 days after the election. So all of these suits, such as from Lori's County. So again, for your, your, your viewers, the legislature writes laws, but the laws never cover every possibility. Right. So the law says you shall not drive a motorized vehicle on the sidewalk. And then some kid comes along with a battery powered skateboard mm -hmm. and the policeman arrests him and gives him a ticket and says, you broke the law. The law says you can't ride, drive a motorized vehicle in the skateboard. And the kid says, this isn't a motorized vehicle. Says, well, you're riding in it, so it's a vehicle, and it's got a battery and a motor on it, so it's motorized. And so mm -hmm. it may eventually get to the judge, but before it gets to the judge, there 
the the uh, the relevant officials can request an attorney general opinion to say, how do you think the judge would rule in applying this unclear or ambiguous law to this particular situation? Now, okay. he can't determine the facts. He can't say, yes, the kid did or did not ride a motorized skateboard in the park. But he can say the question of whether motorized vehicle was intended by the legislature to prohibit skateboards, he can give an opinion. And that opinion has the force of law until either the attorney general withdraws or modifies it mm-hmm. or the legislature or a court steps in and gives a ruling. So the legislature can amend the law to say, except for skateboards uh, or including skateboards, whichever way they intended the law to read or a judge can rule it. And so what a lot of the counties have done around the state and around the country for that matter is when an attorney general opinion is requested, which says that you should release the cast vote records. Oh, and I've got to tell you how that applies to South, the South Carolina case I was describing. That when the attorney general issues an opinion like Ken Paxton did last August, that you sh- you need to release the cast vote records, then a lot of county officials said, oh, well, that's just his opinion. And I happen to have a different opinion that I shouldn't release it. No, he is the attorney general. <laughs> that's it. There's that's exactly it. Between an attorney general opinion and John John Smith's opinion. My neighbor, what my neighbor thinks about the Caspo records. Yeah, it's a big exactly. difference. <laughs> exactly. So going wow. back to South Carolina, after they had me read through all of this attorney general's opinion and former cases which didn't apply and were irrelevant and so forth. They said, uh, and so you see, the attorney general has opined that cast vote records may not be released. And I said, no, that's not what it says. Read the last sentence. Mm-hmm. Last sentence of the attorney general's opinion said, if releasing cast vote records would reveal personally identifiable information, then they may be withheld. And you haven't met the if part. Mm-hmm. So that that and would be so, like social security numbers, uh, maybe home addresses. I mean, I would assume a name is not going to be considered personally identifiable information because your name is all over everything. I mean, you, you sign everything everywhere that you go, and that information is always public. Well, ac- actually, it does include does names, okay. So okay anything that could be linked to you, but none of that is in the cast vote record. Okay, so you know, you reveal your name and address when you check in at the polling place. Mm-hmm, <laughs> they mm-hmm. see that you are a registered voter and that you're in the right place if the voting is by precinct or whatever. But once you drop your ballot in the box, there is no connection that anymore. And so at the end of the election, when they take the ballots out of the box and count them by hand, which is what Lori is hoping everybody is going to do, uh, go to tallytexas.org and look at look at look at her work there that she's going to going to describe or they put them in a machine scanner there's no way to identify the individual voter uh from the cast vote record uh that would not work in other cases so let's say for example you have a tiny precinct in Dexter Notch New Hampshire that has eight people and the final vote is Trump 8 Biden 0 you say, hey, neighbor, 
I know how you voted. <laughs> well, that's not because the cast vote record listed your name and address. It's because eight out of eight, I can deduce yeah, how you yeah. voted. And so the cast vote record doesn't reveal anything that you couldn't deduce from the official canvas. Okay. Now, that's just to be sure, what the vendors do is to take a block of 100 or 200, a, a batch of ballots, and when they print the cast vote record report, they shuffle them within that block. Okay. So now you know, let's say you were standing at the door at 7 a.m. and you recognize the first person in line. Susie Q. Public, first person to vote. <laughs> that's right. After yeah. they vote, you get the cast vote record and you say, aha, line number one was how that person voted. No, yep. because they scramble the first 200. All you know is that one of those first 200 votes is your neighbor that you recognize, which means you don't know which ballot is his. So there Excellent. is no there is no uh, danger to privacy, unlike what Professor Halderman claims there is. Um, I want like to I, I want to I mean, talk about the Halderman report. But before that, Laurie, let me just ask you this. Are, are, is there any anxiety about Texas counties being willing to give this information, despite the fact that it's now been codified into law? Have you been in contact uh, with any of the clerks making sure that, hey, guess what? You know, I hope you've read that law because I'm going to be in here 10 days after the vote. Because <laughs> uh, I can imagine you would September be. September 2nd, I am there. Uh, to contact you. So this uh, Williamson County was the first county that we know of in the state to receive the cast vote record in March of 2021, less than six months after the November 2020 election. And we have a, a citizen audit auditor named Bobby Bagwell that requested the cast vote record. And we had uh, folks like Dr. D and Jeff O'Donnell analyze that record and it showed evidence of potential fraud and manipulation. So here we received our records. So we are now in a defensive position. We are now in an offensive position. Uh, our enemies that are promoting these voting systems that do not meet the standards of the law are now put in a system to defend themselves. We're asking for the records. We received the records. Those showed... Um, let's say that they showed discrepancies in the voting system standards. They didn't reconcile with what they reported. And so now they're going to restrict our access to those records. And so we, we look at that as a little of a win uh, in the terms of the citizens. We've never requested records like this on the scale that we're requesting. Um, I have been in contact with many counties out of the 254 in Texas. Uh, most states have 20, 30 counties. Uh, Texas has 254 because they wanted to make sure that you could ride your horse to the county court in a day's time to do business and make yourself back home. Uh, so county government, local county government has always been a priority. Um, the cast vote records with Dr. D, uh, what him, Jeff O'Donnell, and some of these cast vote record warriors, they showed that by requesting these records that they could identify um, blocks of manipulation. And the moment they started doing that, that's when we got the lawsuit saying you can no longer access the cash vote records. So here we have records exposing the voting systems for not meeting the voting system standards in Texas law. There are at least 10 standards that the electronic voting systems must meet. Uh, all the standards come from a paper ballot in voting precinct system. So meaning that they derived that the uh, in Texas election law, 
They derive the 10 voting system standards from the paper hand-marked, uh, hand-tallied system from the voting precinct. So they got the standards for the electronic voting systems from the paper system. So if you look chapter 65 and think about it on a time scale, like if chapter one was with the first election code for Texas, and you see the years as it passes by and what our representatives have passed, chapter 65 is very early on. Uh, 122 is where the electronic voting machines come in. So almost 60 chapters later, you have electronic voting machines in addition to our hand-marked paper tally system that's in Texas code. The system, every, every the election code for the electronic systems are based off of a paper ballot in voting precinct system um, that we're supposed to uh, meet all the standards that the paper one does. But as Dr. D and other experts and citizens have discovered, uh, these electronic voting systems were deficient in meeting the standards of the law and they should have never been certified. Yes. And so, yes. Um, so uh, Lori, uh, Dr. Doug Frank is on the line. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. <clears throat> we'll add him to the conversation. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us, guys. Appreciate you being here. Uh, and uh, thank you once again to all of my guests. Uh, joining us now is uh, the esteemed Dr. Douglas Frank. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. And uh, Doug, once again, gracing us with your presence here on the program. And uh, I, I feel uh, to be standing uh, amongst the, the company of giants, you guys, all of you doing such great work uh, for election integrity. How are you tonight, Doug? I'm doing great. I, I have a beautiful blue sky behind my head, but I think that Zoom adding it, I'm actually sitting out here in 107 degree weather in Arizona. Oh, wow. Man, we, we yeah. had an outdoor event. It's crazy. Oh, you guys are outdoors? I just assumed that you would be indoors. I mean, that's well, insane. Well, so did I, which is why I wore the wrong <laughs> outfit. So I'm down to shorts now and flip-flops, but I'm surviving. <laughs> Still with the bow tie and flip-flops. That's great. Got to love it. All right. So, so uh, Doug, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the event that you're speaking at? Give it yeah, a plug. I'm here with Dave Clements, and Dave Clements is spending the first about – it's about a three-hour event, and he's spending the first half of the event – uh, basically walking people through what's happened to them in 2020. Uh, and, I, you know, not everybody knows if you can believe it, you know, because sometimes people still believe the mainstream narrative. So he's walking them through that. And then then the second half of the program, I tell people what to do now that they know that they got a problem. And so that's been kind of my approach for the last year. You know, people who follow me know that I spent all of 2021 basically trying to fix this country from the top down, mm -hmm. meeting with legislatures, meeting with um, secretaries of states, attorneys general, and having very little success, red pilling a lot of people for sure. Good. But just because they know doesn't mean they're going to do anything about it. You right. know, and I, I tell a story uh, about how I sat. I, I mean, I have to be careful how I say these things, but I have sat down with dozens of secretaries of states and in front of their own eyes hacked into their machines all over their state so they know it's not safe yet nevertheless they continue to use the machines. so i kind of had to learn by the school of hard knocks forgive me for being a scientist and believing in truth and logic and evidence and thinking that that might make a difference okay but well, i had to kind of learn 
That's the greatest sin of the 21st century, Doug, you know, to be a man of logic, to, to, to see a problem, to know the solution, to offer it, and then for people to call you crazy. You're a heretic for wanting to fix something that they already know is broken. Yeah, I'm the crackpot math teacher from Ohio. So that's right. So what I had to learn, and I basically learned all of 2021, I was learning that lesson. It took me a year, but I got there. And then I spent all of 2022 essentially down at the county level. And I spoke at 300 events last year. I was teaching people how to find fraud themselves. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, I could give you an exhilarating talk and you could say, you could run to your neighbor and say, wow, I heard Dr. Frank speak last night. What a great talk and what a great experience. Man, we have so much fraud in our county. And what's going to happen if you do that? Your neighbor's going to look at you and say, whoop, there goes another conspiracy wing nut. Okay. But if I teach you how to find fraud in your neighborhood and you find it with your own hands, now we build a movement within your county of other like-minded patriots increasing that pile of fraud and increasing uh, your the, the size, uh, the momentum of the, of the group. Then the local people are empowered. So what I've been doing is teaching people how to become locally empowered. Uh, that, that's what I've been doing that for a year. And man, oh man, is it working. It's exciting. All over the country. I mean, people have recently heard about Shasta, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Shasta County, California, where we, we got them to first just to not renew their Dominion contract, and then a month later to vote to agree to do all hand counting, and then a month later the county commissioners voted they're going to have paper poll books. Dude, that's they're, they're going the it's full the full nine yards. They, they um, and they are they're going to have clean elections because of that. Now in California, there are a lot of other counties that are very close as well. So it's fun to watch the uh, Secretary of State and the legislature in California freaking out. They are in panic mode. They're passing emergency resolutions. They're trying to pass new laws to make it so that the other counties can't join them. But unbeknownst to most people, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. So keep your ears to the tracks on California. A lot of good stuff there. And in Arizona, where I am now, and I just came from Georgia, you know, let me just pause there for a minute and say something. You know, I'm not the solution. The people are the solution. But I got to tell you, in a lot of the states I go to, for example, California, the people there are already awake because they're under the tyranny of a communist government. Or when I go to Kentucky, those people are already awake because they're under the tyranny of a Republican rhino government. And so they're awake. So a lot of the states I go to, people are already awake. But some states I go to, they are being grifted. They are being grifted right to the right to the fingernail, right to the quick of their fingernails. Um, it's embarrassing to me when I come to some of these states. And I got to just tell you, Arizona is one of them. They are everywhere I turn. Somebody is grifting these people. They're desperate for help. And people are saying, yeah, we'll help you. How much are you going to pay us? And, and that's one of the reasons why my work that I do, I don't charge for any of the work I do. I ask people to cover my travel expenses. And I always tell people I'm booked for months in advance. And that's either because I'm cheap or I'm good. I don't know which. Both. But uh, the, the, the point. <laughs> so, 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 so anyway. can, can, can you can you uh, d- discuss any specific instances of people being grifted? I mean, are you you're talking about people offering their services to essentially do the same kinds of things you're doing? Like, I'll, I'll come in and I'll teach you how to identify this stuff. But I have a fifty thousand dollar appearance fee. Or, or is that what you mean? Well, for example, there there have been audits around the country. 
Has any of them produced anything? No, no, not that I know of. And how much did and how much did the people who did all the investigation charge? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and there are a lot of attorneys that'll come in and say, "Oh yeah, I'll help you file a lawsuit," you know, for your law. And then what happens? Nothing. And uh, what's happening is people are caught in a loop where they don't know what the right things to do are. They're doing something that they're being coached to do by somebody who's charging them money. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean when I say grifting. And so when I come to places like Georgia or I go to um, Arizona, I'm finally here. In other words, finally here after two and a half years, the the grassroots people are desperate. They're like, what's nothing's happening. Dr. Frank, please come help us. And I come and I say, well, what are you doing? And they tell me all the things they're doing. And I'm like, who told you to do that? Mm. It's 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 a bad situation. So I'm delighted to finally be here, and and several of the teams are waking up here. We're going to get some action now, and and it's not it's you know, and I'm not trying to say I'm the only one with any truth because I'm not. There are a lot of us out here doing good work, but there are a lot of people being grifted. And I think the biggest advantage of me is that I've been in 46 states, 800 counties, boots on the ground. I see what's working. I see what's not working. So I'm kind of collecting wisdom, if that makes sense. You know, it's not like I just sat in front of a fireplace one day and, you know, with my pipe and got all smarty pants and figured it all out. No, 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 no. I'm boots on the ground making the same mistakes as everybody else. But because I'm so engaged in the fight, I'm learning what's not working and what does work. And so like when I come to a place like Arizona, there's like they're doing all the same things I was doing two and a half years ago. How's Mm -hmm. that working out? You know, you see what I mean? So yep. it's like people that's that's really what I'm saying. And and so it's exciting now to finally have been in Georgia. Those people are back on track, I'm hoping. And same with Arizona. Essentially, what I do is I come into a county, I f- help them form a team and I coach them through a process. It's what I do. So in uh, Georgia specifically, uh, you know, I interviewed Garland Favorito at the yeah. uh, Mike Lindell Moment yeah. of Truth event last year. And uh, yeah. I know he's had an ongoing case uh, for, for quite some time. Uh, what can you yes. tell us about the movements that are taking place in Georgia? Well, I was I was just with him in Georgia. He, In fact, he introduced me at the, at the last event. He's it such was, a gentleman, uh, isn't he? Uh, yes. And he and his lovely bride uh, were very gracious hosts for me. Um, and basically... Um, I have a love-hate relationship with lawsuits. I yeah. like them because it allows us to put into evidence, official evidence, and and there that gets scrutinized and cross-examined, and it survives. And so that's super important. And you'll hear all around the country people will say, "Oh, you know, um, there's no evidence of fraud," and you know, well, and and no judges ever hear anything. They're wrong. There are cases all over the place. They're just mm-hmm. buying into the into the media narrative. So I love lawsuits for that reason, but. I hate lawsuits because none of them come out our way because the courts don't really you don't really get an objective hearing uh, in court. They're kind of circuses, if you ask me. And there there's a lot of pressure on the judges and the right judges picked for the right suits and that sort of thing. So uh, you see where I'm going. I have a love hate relationship. I, I like it. Because, you know, the people say, what about the Brunson suit, Dr. Frank? What about the Brunson suit? You know, I'm like, don't hold your breath. I'm Mm -hmm. glad we have the lawsuit, but I'm not holding my breath. Or there's a big case in California, the uh, EIPCA, Election Integrity Project of California. They've got a big lawsuit. And and they're absolutely correct. They're making progress in the lawsuit. But it's going to take years to affect to get any effective change out of it. Or, for example, just this week, I'm supposed to go out to Southern California and testify in John Eastman lawsuit because they're trying to disbar him out there. Um, that that got postponed. But 
that's the sort of thing. And I go and I testify in these lawsuits. I haven't yet testified in Georgia. Although, for example, in Georgia, they had the um, the lawsuit in 2021 where the, the Halderman report was put into evidence. And, and once again, here's my point. As soon as the Halderman report came out, remember, Hillary Clinton is the one who hired Professor Halderman and his graduate students to prepare that. <laughs> they prepared that report. And he's sitting there in court telling the country all of our elections are hackable. OK, mm -hmm. as soon as he put that into evidence, what did the judge in that lawsuit do in Georgia? He sequestered it. He sealed it. Yeah. So that nobody could see it. And it took a, it took an act of the CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, to demand a copy of it. And then they sat on it for a year. And then they mm -hmm. finally released it to the secretaries of states who are finally now admitting, yeah, our elections are hacked, if you know what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. so I have love-hate relationship with lawsuits. They're, they turn out to be a circus. Now, Favorito's case is just the same kind of category. I love it that he has the lawsuit going. I love it that they're pushing it. But, you know, I'm not holding my breath for a, an outcome that we're all going to scream and yell and be happy about. I, I think that's the the right way to go. I mean, I've seen it too many times. Uh, people will yes. focus on one specific thing or one specific person or one specific day. Yes. And it, when that doesn't uh, come out in the way that they thought it was going to, then they are absolutely crushed and they want to just yeah. uh, shy away from the whole situation. Um, one thing that I, can uh, I say one more thing about yeah, that. Go can ahead. Go one ahead. more thing about that. Yeah. So the the fundamental problem with that strategy gets right at the core of the problem that we have as a country. That is that people say, we think we've got evidence. We want a lawsuit to prosecute that. Okay, guess what they just did? The moment they did that, they gave away the power to yes. someone else. Okay, <laughs> we want an audit. We want an audit. And the moment they get their audit that they worked so hard to get, they gave away control of it and they can give away control of the outcome. The, the mistake that we've made We've taken several generations to get into this mode, but we're in the mode where we now pay other people to run our government. We pay other people to run um, our, our schools. You know, we pay other people to run our elections. We're supposed to be doing that. And until we resume our civic responsibilities, we're going to be continue to be in this mess. So basically, that's the fundamental flaw with the legal approach. And the way I illustrate this to people is I'll say, look, if Antifa comes to town, what's your instinct to call the sheriff? Wrong. If Antifa comes to town, you take out your rifle and call your neighbors and you take care of business. And then the <laughs> next day. The next day you call the sheriff to clean up the mess. The yeah. people are supposed to be well-armed and proficient. Those, that's an assumption of the Constitution. If you have a problem in your community with your elections, people say, call your legislator. Wrong. You have a problem with your elections. You fix it. You're the government. We're the sovereigns. Maybe three years after you fix it, maybe if the legislator has half of their act together, they'll pass a law that codifies the solution you brought. The point is, we're the government. And for too long, we're upside down. We're asking other people to do what we're supposed to be doing. So a big part of what I do travel in the country is just waking people up to their to their own responsibilities. And what's so wonderful is once they get into that mode and they discover that they can actually do their own audit. The citizens can do their own audit and they're never giving away control of it to anybody else. Then that, then a movement builds around that, that empowers the citizens. And that's how we're affecting change. So I, that's an important point I thought I should make.
Okay, excellent. I, I like it. I like it. Uh, there was one thing that uh, I heard you touch on in there, you know, the, the idea of uh, reprisals, people coming after you. Now, Lori, I, I know the, the law came after you and your husband. They tried to ruin you guys. Uh, uh, Dr. Frank, I know the, the FBI uh, went after you and anybody else associated with Mike Lindell. Dr. D, have they attempted to use the uh, overarching uh, power of the government to silence you or to stop your efforts in any way? Uh, not to my knowledge, but uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> I there's a spectrum from prudence to paranoia, and depending on what happens on a given day, I kind of recalibrate. So, Dr. Frank and I spoke Monday and Tuesday night in Missouri City, Texas, at the election integrity event, um, and met with election administrator Wednesday morning. I got home Wednesday night. And at 11 o'clock last night, I got a message on my phone. There's been a security breach on your laptop. Oh, wow. And I'm retired from Texas A&M University. So this is a university computer. I'm sure. I monitor it. And so I thought, okay, security breach on my laptop. So the first thing I did was text Dr. Frank and said, hey, we were using the same Wi-Fi in that room Monday and Tuesday. You better scan your computer. But I'll call them in the morning and let you know. So I called them this morning. You know what the security breach was? What was it? They had scanned all the university-owned computers and found that I didn't have one little box checked on the settings that is their official list of boxes that need to be checked. (laughs) So I wasn't hacked, but for about, I don't know, 12 hours, uh, I was wondering. That's that's enough to spin your wheels up, isn't it? I, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, at her home. She was sitting down to watch television and like uh, somebody like showed up on her television. It was like a computer, like somebody connecting to her TV. And she said that they were trying to spy on her. Who knows? I mean, it's possible. Weirder things have happened. And obviously anybody who's uh, trying to shine attention and, and uh, point a light on any of these things, uh, their lives are, are at risk and, and something could be happening to them. Um, um, so, Lori, uh, do you have any uh, uh, updates as to what's happening in Williamson County or uh, in uh, your efforts to educate people? And now I have the website pulled up here just in case you wanted me to go over anything specific. Uh, yeah. So uh, Tally, Texas is our uh, citizen auditor event for the uh, Lindell event dot com. A big cyber event. The, it's an annual event. This is our third annual um Missouri, Springfield. Yeah, I guess the first year it was in North Dakota. Doctor Frank, you're going to have to help me with that. South Dakota, North Dakota. It was the uh, first, it was South Dakota the first year, Springfield the second year, and this year it's going to be Springfield again. Okay, so I want to tell you all a little bit about this from somebody who who attended. That is a citizen auditor uh, that discovered our elections are unknowable and unrecoverable when we move the voter outside the voting precinct. I went to Mike Lindell's event in Springfield, Missouri last year. Dr. Frank, of course, was there and Dr. D. And it I went with an empty cup. And my cup was so empty that I didn't even think I was going to go. I was like, I'm not going. I was so empty. And I went and attended that event. And what y'all saw on the screen was completely different than was happening in the background. And Mike has um, been our number one force 
that has driven the citizens to keep that get the machines out message across the nation uh, for three years since November 2020. Now, if everybody asks me, I get a lot of questions that say the PCATs, the DCATs, all of that stuff. And I always say that if anything that Mike has is debunked, it's because somebody gave him the wrong information and somebody's trying to yeah. discredit this man. Right. And that this man has been the number one force and the number one voice to get the machines out. And Dr. Frank has been right behind him the entire time. So if there's anything that brings you question or doubt about Mike Lindell or Dr. Frank or any of the cause of America election crime bureau team, it's because that we have a swarm of people that want to keep the system exactly how it is. Yeah. And they do not want us to change it. And right now, and you're going to see this at the Lindell event, they have identified all the states that are able to right now move in a method that is secure, auditable, and accountable into the states. And that's why Mike is such a big threat to everybody, that this guy's outside of the political spectrum. He is not doing this for personal gain. He's put his entire life on the line. Uh, Dr. Frank understands exactly what's at stake and and dr d as well as they travel but mike if anybody is trying to discredit mike or call mike a fraud or anything you need to question the people that are saying it because this message would have not have carried as far as it is carried without mike lindell saying get the machines out in every single way now if somebody brought bad information or if they've brought bad things it's because they're trying to discredit and set Mike Lindell up mm-hmm. but these illegal voting systems right now have stolen the people's vote all across America they have centralized and federalized our elections and we have an opportunity a very small window of opportunity to get these machines out and return to an in-voting precinct secure hand marked hand counted method of tallying our ballots in the United States that is secure against state, national, and international electronic artificial intelligence interference. And so we can secure our elections in the small voting precinct. Mike Lindell has led that way. Dr. Frank has led that way. Dr. D has led that way. And so if y'all are interested on LindellEvent.com this August, we've got some major surprises and hope. The things that the media do not report about what Mike's working on. And I think that he does protect his citizen auditors and keeps us out of uh, the spotlight because he wants us protected. And and Dr. Frank does too. And uh, so there's so much going on behind the scenes that you do not see in the headlines uh, with citizens that are empowering themselves to take their political power back. They're getting involved in the small voting precinct in their county. And if you go to causeofamerica.org, sign up there, You will get in contact with the best patriots in the nation to secure yourself against unconstitutional state and federal actions. You know, it's always very frustrating. Go ahead. Hey, Lori, if someone sized up on Cause of America and they live in Texas, are you the one who gets the information? Yes, it goes straight to my inbox. So if you sign up for Cause of America, Texas, you will go straight to my inbox and I will get your information and I will connect you with patriots in your county that are working on on the Texas Chapter 65 method. And also, if you go to tallytexas.org, that is our Cause of America uh, Lindell event uh, goal to reach all 254 counties with the legal Chapter 65 method of conducting elections in the voting precinct. You can sign up on causeofamerica.org. 
or you can go to tallytexas.org and sign up there. And um, and we would love you to be a part of the team. We are regular Americans. Uh, we don't put up with any of the drama or <laughs> the the mess, but we are all together and we're standing together. If you want to you want to be with the team that's getting things done behind the scenes, uh, go to causeofamerica.org and sign up for Lindell event. Uh, com. I guarantee you support Mike Lindell, support his legal offense fund. He's got people behind the scenes, got the people in the right places uh, to get our country back on the right track and restore the political power to the people. It, it's always so frustrating to me when someone uh, casts shade on Mike's efforts uh, or, you know, tries to say that he's doing something inappropriate. I mean, he has put his own money, his own time, his own resources at great personal and professional expense. And uh, even if uh, he hasn't been able to uh, do anything that people can specifically look at, the man has been trying. And I don't want to make it sound like I don't think he's been successful, you know, because he has brought so many people together. He has galvanized America around this one cause. And if it wasn't for Mike Lindell, I don't know who the hell would have done it. I mean, there's not everybody out there has the resources. Not everybody has the time, you know, so to bring together incredible patriots like yourselves, I mean, that is worth something that is intangible we met we yeah. met at the mike lindell summit in missouri i gave you a ride back to your hotel zach that's right and we were that's all right. connected uh because but if you want to get with a team that knows what's going on that understands uh that that looks past our enemies trying to tear us down and that's we are facing that uh, we have enemies everywhere and they're trying to discredit mike and his voice he is the most him and dr frank and dr d these guys are the most powerful voices in our nation that are talking about security, that we shouldn't run our country on convenience, mm -hmm. that we should run our country on security. That should be the number one priority in elections and critical infrastructure is security, not convenience. And Amen. all the people that say, oh, you know, oh, that's not so inconvenient. <laughs> we may need to question what their motives are. I, I, I got to chime in there, Zach. Go ahead. I think Lori just misspoke. I think that she said is wrong. She, by, she's my favorite super mom in Texas, I'll tell you that. Maybe in the country. But the, the thing about it is she says that we're the most powerful voices. I disagree. What is empowering me? What is empowering Mike Lindell? What is empowering Dr. Doherty? Are these super moms state by state? Um, they inspire me. They keep me going. Uh, and if there's any doubt in anybody's mind um, about what Lori is doing in the state of Texas, there's been some confusion about that lately. I just want to make sure everybody knows and say it absolutely That's clearly true. that Mike Lindell is endorsing what she is doing there. I think it's you call it Chapter 56, right? Chapter 65. Chapter, sorry, I transposed those numbers, but chapter 65. You have 50 states, Dr. D. Dr. Yeah, sorry, for, forgive me, but, but I, I just have to tell you, she's our she's our gal in Texas, and it, it, we don't just love her, we love what she's doing, and we fully support her movement there, and, and I know there's some confusion lately, uh, but the, but that's that's just uh, fog to confuse, to confuse the grassroots effort. I love what you're proposing, um, Lori. You and I were talking about it recently. And, and the, you're basically just implementing law that is already in existence in the state of Texas. And maybe since I'm late to this call, you already described it to everybody. So I should just shut up. No, I, I was actually, I was actually just going to suggest Lori. I mean, this is an excellent, very opportune time to go into detail on the chapter nice 65 segue. method. Yeah. Perfect but, segue. That was like, but the I have to, 
But I have uh, to excuse myself, guys, because okay. I'm going to be on the stage in a we few love minutes. You. Yeah. So I, I, I just got a chance to give you some hugs and squeezes and great to see everybody. And the country is snowballing right now. So keep Amen. it up, guys. All right. Thank you, you so much, Frank. Doug. Have a great time. Yep. Good luck in your speech. All right. See so, you, Doc. Lori, uh, please take us through this. I've actually got the website pulled up right now. And if you need me to go to any place, I can click on it. No, it's on, uh, you can find it on Tally. And in, in the next week, if you're listening to this and you're like, Lori, I don't have all the stuff that I want, but in, give us a week. We're almost finished. And we will have a do-it-yourself practice and petition uh, website that you can go and download everything that you need to do you need to do to petition your county commissioners in Texas to adopt the chapter 65 legal method. So right now uh, with many other citizen auditors in the state, we have discovered that our voting electronic voting systems require, uh, require the system to meet 10 voting system standards. And we have discovered through our citizen audits that the electronic voting machines are, are, not in compliance with Texas law. And so the only legal method to conduct elections currently is Texas Election Code Chapter 65. And we received a fantastic uh, news report from Chuck Penny, who is one of the legal directors for the Secretary of State in Texas right now. Uh, there is a method, Chapter 65, hand-marked, hand-tallied in the voting precinct that your county can adopt to secure your voting system against unconstitutional state, to secure your county and against unconstitutional state and federal actions, you can get the electronic voting machines out, have your county adopt the Chapter 65 method, save your county at least a half a million dollars. In the larger counties, it is millions of dollars. Save your county at least half a million dollars for the smaller ones and put that to a constitutional sheriff's department and move the voting precinct uh, to the people and have the people volunteer, be part of their elections, count their elections. And you can find all the information on tallytexas.org. You can watch Mike Lindell's event coming up that I can't wait to see you there, Zach. Uh, that's where we met. Uh, you can go to lindellevent.com. Uh, to find more information about there, you can find Dr. D on Telegram and follow them him there. He's active there. He's a big uh, warrior in the Kerry Lake case. Um, so texastally.org for the Chapter 65 method. If you have any questions, you can find me on Twitter at, at Lori on a Farm. You can contact me through the tallytexas.org website. But as Dr. Frank said, that you can also go to Causeofamerica.org and contact uh, all of us, Dr. D, anybody. I talk to D regularly, of course, weekly. I talk to uh, Dr. D and Dr. Frank. So if you want to reach one of them, you can reach us on causeofamerica.org, lindellevent.com, or tallytexas.org. And um, we can give you the links, uh, the the shows. We're going to have Dr. D's. Uh, presentations on tallytexas.org before the August Lindell event. So you'll have everything that you need to petition your county commissioner's court to get the machines out. 
So, Lori, be, be, we're, we're almost out of time. We're actually over time from what I planned for this. But uh, so thank you very much for uh, getting out all of that pertinent information. But I'd like to know, before we wrap this up, uh, are you tracking the institution of this method throughout Texas counties? Uh, or, like, do you have an organized setup so that you can remain in contact with people and know exactly where each county is? Yes, um, we're working specifically, we have a goal before August 16th and 17th, we want to reach all 254 counties. And so we've got a a very organized team, lots of engineers, lots of um, folks that I don't want to reveal too much to my my competitors out there. But we have a very organized, competent team that is reaching out and contacting the right people about the Chapter 65 method. But we also have our enemies always working against us and putting up voting systems that cannot be implemented right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Lindell would only endorse the only legal method that could be implemented. And we have his backing. And if you want to join us, if you're in Texas right now, please forgive my pack of Pyrenees. But if you're in Texas right now um, and you're wanting to do something, you're like, what can I do to stop? Um, uh, the threat against my sovereignty, the threat against my being a Texan, being a, an American, uh, go to causeofamerica.org, go to lindellevent.com, and I, I will get your information, and I will contact you, and um, we would love your help to petition your county in Texas to go to the only legal voting system right now, which is in Chapter 65, a hand-marked and ha- hand-tallied voting system. And we've got everything that you need, election administrators, uh, secretary of state opinions, everything that can be very clear about what's allowed in your county right now for you to roll out. Uh, Burnett County Patriots, we had uh, Patty from Burnett County, went to her county commissioner's court, didn't even know that it was a budget hearing. She was there and stayed to the very last minute. And at the last minute, they were going to approve $550,000 for a heart e-slate update from the 87th, a required update from the 87th legislative session. Right now, we have a unique window of opportunity in Texas to defund the machines because all these counties are going to have to do electronic updates to these systems to modernize them, Mm -hmm. which is going to cost at least a half a million dollars. And we can say, hey, instead of spending that money on these illegal voting systems that don't even meet the standards of Texas law, why don't you adopt the Chapter 65 method, save that money, and put it to a constitutional sheriff's department Amen. that's going to defend the people of Texas against their against the threats, against our constitutional rights that we inherited when we were born here? Oh, I love it. That sounds uh, amazing. Uh, Dr. D, uh, I'd like to get your final thoughts. Uh, you know, how should we proceed? Uh, do you have any special methods or, excuse me, any special messages that you'd like to deliver to the audience before we sign off for the night? Um, if, let me share my screen and I'll Please. give you a, uh, a, a quick summary of what, uh, I would like to say. So hold on one second and I'll pull up the right window. All right. Is that working? Yes, it is. Okay. So voting machines must go because they're not transparent. With paper ballots, you see yourself marking it. You put it in the box. They take it out of the box, and the observers see it. And now these days, we would put uh, 
webcam on it so that everybody in the county can watch them being counted. Like South Carolina Constitution says, vote in private, count in public. Voting machines are not transparent. Ballots go in, numbers come out. You have no idea if your vote was counted, ignored, flipped. Ballots go in, numbers come out. It's not transparent. They're not accurate. So as Laurie said, over and over, when we actually look at the physical ballots or the ballot images or the cast vote records, it doesn't match the official canvas. And there's a discrepancy that if you have the cast vote record, you can check it yourself. You can add up the column and say how many people voted for candidate A and how many voted for candidate B, and is that what they reported? They're not accountable. As Laurie mentioned, there's never been an independent expert examination of the source code. There needs to be. The hardware is vulnerable. Most, if not all, computer parts are made in China. Mm-hmm. So look up Supermicro, and you'll find that there were motherboards being sold to governments, including national defense systems, that had little extra little spy chips installed mm-hmm. on them. The software is vulnerable. So one of the things that came out of Tina Peters making a forensic backup in Mesa County, Colorado, is that that software, after about a fourth of the votes were counted, created a second set of books and copied some, but not all of the ballots to the second set of books. And so that software can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. And if you can't trust that software in Colorado, why would you trust software from another vendor uh, in another state? And the network is vulnerable. So we hear over and over, oh, the machines are not connected to the Internet. Well, NBC News is hardly a conservative outlet. But if you search NBC News for voting machines connected to the Internet, you will find an article where a researcher, again, not from a conservative group, simply tried to connect to election machines all over the country and found I think it was 30-something machines that were still online af- after the, the, uh, the election. There's also another feature that is just now people are becoming aware of, and that is in order to enable software updates without having to go to the site, every election management server that I have looked at the specs for contains a permanently open backdoor for remote access. How do we know that that permanently open back door for remote access is only used for official updates? Mm -hmm. Answer is we don't. And so if voting machines are not transparent, not accurate, not accountable, they run on vulnerable hardware with vulnerable software connected to a vulnerable network, we shouldn't be using voting machines. We should be hand marking secure paper ballots and hand counting them. I concur with all your points, sir. And thank you so much for being here and putting this information together. Sincerely appreciate it. And Lori, thank you for being here as well. Uh, Before we go, I just need to say thank you to a couple of people over here on the Foxhole for some donations. Oh, you've got a little one there, Lori. (laughs) This is the the Gallagher clan. That's right. Good stuff. Uh, Thank you to Sean Joe for the cookie. Also to Porpoiseful. 
EO2 Dave, uh, and then Sean Joe and EO2 Dave as well. And then before we go, guys, please, if you wouldn't mind, consider supporting the couple of sponsors I have for the end of the program. My friends at onenessdrops.com, they offer chlorine dioxide water purification kits. If you use code RP78, you can get 15% off. Chlorine dioxide is something that I suggest everybody have on hand because if municipal water is no longer potable or you have to collect water from outside, this substance can ensure that uh, a whole host of pathogens are no longer going to be able to make you sick and it's going to make it totally clean and drinkable. Use code RP78 for 15% off. And then you can also go to preparewithredpill78.com. My friends at My Patriot Supply have prepared a deal. You can save $80 off a four-week supply of food. These are uh, breakfast, lunches, dinners, over 16 different varieties of food that have a 25-year shelf life. This is over 2,000 calories a day, and uh, the shipping is completely free. When you break it down, in the in terms of the math, that is less than $3 per meal for four weeks worth of food. Uh, you can't beat having that on hand just in case things get hairy. And then finally, of course, uh, our friends at MyPillow.com, Mr. Mike Lindell, believing in independent journalism and podcasters like myself, use code RP78 to save up to 80% off of all of Mike's incredible products, whether it's the MyPillow 2.0, the MyPillow mattress topper, the My slippers, the MyPillow uh, towels. <laughs> You've also got the My Geek. The Giza Dream Sheets, uh, the list goes on and on. We use all of them here. I'm I'm sure that Lori and Dr. D do as well because they are uh, top-tier quality. And, of course, Mike Lindell uh, needs for us to support his empire so that he can continue to support our efforts to bring freedom, fairness, and liberty back to America in the form of paper ballots. So, Lori, Dr. D, thank you once again. I really appreciate you guys being here and everybody at home. I'll be back tomorrow. Good luck. And God bless. We'll see you then. God bless, Zach. Thank you.